This is an Area Code podcast. Today, my mom said, I have some papers and pictures that you might want. I don't want them in my house, so I'm giving them to you. Oh boy. And it turned out to be a treasure trove of like baby rich writings. Mm. So I want to... I want to I want to just show you what a 4 looks like in yes. constant high school stress. Please. Yes. So here's some options. Do you these are just journal entries. They're not like full-fledged essays. So do you want to hear oh about my, gosh, my favorite school? Journal. My favorite school, my idol, where would mm. I like to visit and why Your should idol. a woman be president? Ooh, that too. <laughs> you okay, let's idol. start with your idol. <laughs> my idol is East Storm, aka Dave Halverson. He is the editor in chief of Game Fan Magazine. Oh my the gosh. Main, the main reason that he is my idol is because he is always busy doing something. He does half of Game Fan plus another magazine and still has time to talk to lowly fanzines like us. He also said I could call him after I got out of high school and he might give me a job. Oh my gosh. Oh, you That's were in awesome. high school. Probably. You were No, I don't think you are, so. You are so consistent. Yeah. Seriously, you haven't changed. Yeah, no, that's very you. Matured <laughs> or anything. No, it is a little haunting how typical this is stuff is of me. All right, should a woman be president? Yes. <laughs> this is short and sweet. Okay. Are you guys ready? No, are you guys I don't ready for think this? so. I've got to this question. I would me. have to say yes. If a woman oh, ran for president, I would you. almost definitely vote for her. It would be. <laughs> it would just be so cool to have a woman president. A woman might even be a better president too. She has my vote. Oh, hell yeah, Aww. she would. My idea of the perfect woman. Oh wow. Okay. I have a picture of the perfect woman in my head right now. She would have brown hair and brown eyes. She would be slightly shorter than me. She would be slightly shy, but have a great sense of humor. She would have the coolest high-pitched voice, oh and her laugh gosh. would fit in just the same. High-pitched <laughs> voice. She would have plenty of energy and would love to dance. Every now and then, she'd gaze off into space with a sad kind of look that would make Satan himself feel sorry for her. <gasps> Wait. Does this woman exist? <laughs> My teacher wrote, I hope so for you. Wait, this was like a <laughs> class assignment? <laughs> you were very vulnerable uh, in class. I suspect, yeah, I really was, man. Okay, one more I'm going to read and then I'll be done. Okay. This is getting ridiculous. My favorite school. This is the fully four one. This Talk about vulnerable. My favorite school by far is AMMS. That's a middle school. In Western Heights, that's what elementary school, I had absolutely zero friends. I thought I did, but I didn't. Mm. Something about my high school makes me want to throw up every second I'm in it. I'm not <laughs> sure what it is, but it sure is terrible. Middle school is just cool. I made tons of new friends in middle school and had some of my best teachers in middle school. I actually thought about failing so I could stay there one more year. <sighs> I changed were, my mind in five seconds. <laughs> you were pining for the past. For middle school. Yeah. Oh, oh always what's missing, right? Yeah, you're you're you. This is you. Like, if I was this would be included in a movie about your life to explain who you are today. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We can't stop talking about the Enneagram. So we decided to start a podcast where we get it all out of our system. We're not experts. We're just obsessed. It's no chill Enneagram. A safe space for Enneagram fanatics. And a pretty great idea for a podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to No Chill Enneagram. We are here as always with Bethany Perkins. Hey Bethany, how's it going? Hi, good. Okay, cool. I'm Richard Clark, by the way, in case people don't know that. Today we're going to talk about sixes with the one and only Nick Reinerson. Nick, hey. 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 So hey, man. introduce yourself. Like how, how would our listeners... Like, give them a context for who you are in relation to them. Oh, okay. In relation to them, uh, I don't know them, but I can try. So I am <laughs> Rich. I'm your boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's who the I biggest am. thing is like Nick that's is my boss right now. But it's right now. Yeah, I'm going to get I'm into a regular that. boss. We're going like to really a, delve I'm like into an Amy that Poehler. Later. I'm like an Amy Poehler in Mean Girls Cool Mom boss, though. Let's see. I am a counterphobic six. Mm-hmm. I... I have a big garden, really into Wendell Berry. When Richard hates that uh, mm-hmm. about me, um, really <laughs> hates that. Let's see, I have I have twins. I'm uh, fine if people read Wendell Berry. I just want them to shut up yeah. about it. I know, I know, but I can't. You can't. You can't. Like, it's just you can't do it. When you read Wendell Berry, it just becomes a part of you, and you just want to talk so about annoying. it. I get that. I can't shut up about TikTok. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else is, is what else is cool about me? Wait, go back to the twins thing. You have twins. Oh yeah, yeah. They're gonna be five in August. They're really cool. Graham and Sylvia. I I think Sylvia, my my daughter, could. I think she could be a. She's a little. She's a little insane, but then goes like and vacillates back to really sweet. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering if she could be like a like a seven wing eight or a nine wing eight. My wife's yeah, a nine like wing eight. eight. Yeah. My mm-hmm. wife's a nine wing eight, very, very heavy on that eight wing. And, and Graham is sweet. Graham, we thought he could be a four, but I, I don't know. I just like to think he's a little me. So I think maybe he's a little counterphobic six. We had a friend describe him recently as, as a villain in a G rated movie. Like he's wow. just, a, he's just a little lovingly malicious. And I love that. so, yeah, it's really, it's really endearing. It's really fun. Like he always like kind of identifies with the bad guys, but I mean, he doesn't watch anything like super brutal, you know, in like wild crats. Um, and just will like do like a little evil laugh, but then he'll like be gentle and not like to roughhouse. So, well, we should me? mention that you're working on a podcast called burn after listening that oh, yeah. I think people can probably subscribe to now. And it's, is this yeah. right, Nick? We, like probably if people ex- subscribe to it now, they'll, they'll get the new version later when it comes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, going to, we're going to get the feed. It, it used to be a podcast. I, Richard was on it. It was like five years ago. It was like a music yeah. interview podcast for Christ and pop culture. It was super fun, but it went to sleep when I had twins because I had twins <laughs> and, <laughs> and it just felt like the right time to, to make a new version of it. So it's going to be completely different from what it was the first time, but it'll still be a music podcast, but it's going to be these really kind of interesting transcendentally meditations on songs that are, I think they're going to be fun. I mean, I think they're going to be kind of easy to listen to kind of approachable 
not really criticism, yeah. not really art, sort of this middle thing. We're just going to try it out. And if it's terrible, we'll just kill it and do some music po- interviews or something. <laughs> Why are you telling our listeners this? You are Sorry, is that like so much I think confidence. That, no, so I, those I are just the think stakes. that's my six. No, that's my, uh, that's my six. You know what that is? That's, uh, that was the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah I, always exactly. have a conting- I always have a contingency plan. I always want you to know how bad it could possibly go so that you're yeah, prepared. Sixes yeah, sixes want well, to lower expectations. I just want to say, to I want to give the proper pitch, which is it's like song-length meditations on on like on classic songs. songs. Yeah, that's well. Basically don't the, get them, the don't get their hopes up on classic songs. They did a Nick Cave song last week, so so every uh, episode we have a, a segment that we like to t- call "How Bad Has It Gotten." It's when we uh, talk about how bad our obsession with the Enneagram has gotten. Um, but before we do that, we have to listen to the song. How bad has it gotten? How bad has it gotten? Nick Reinerson, how Oof. how bad has your Enneagram obsession gotten? You know, it, it's hard because I feel like I kind of live mostly in my head. So I can't always tell when something's gotten really bad, like when I'm just <laughs> way too deep. And but I can always tell like when I get into a conversation with somebody and they like expressed interest in the Enneagram and I just start talking about like my subtype and then like the debate on phobic versus counterphobic and devolving to areas of stress. And I just feel like I've left some people behind Mm -hmm. and I feel bad. Like, it's not like they're not smart. It's just like they, like I've just dwelled on it for like two years straight. I think it's one of those where occasionally I'll get the look at the party. Like I'm, I'm being that dude. And you know, there's, (laughs) there's an any, there's an any stereotype, you know, there's the any guy who mm-hmm. won't won't shut the Enya hell up. And mm-hmm. like there's always the like the counter Enya guy who's like, the Enneagram is ridiculous. It's not even that I don't need a number to tell my personality. And then mm-hmm. I'm, a up in, I'm a ten. I'm a ten. Yeah. Make that that guy. And and I feel like I always end up coming in right after that guy. And then feeling really <laughs> confrontational, but I don't mean to be. I just you talked about the Enneagram right. and I got excited about it. And like then they, you be, can't they let it go. Yeah. It, but I'm like, but I'm like, no, but it's really cool. And you should look and and uh yeah, I don't think I've lost any want... friendships. That's good. You just <laughs> but I definitely have I definitely enthusiasm. have Yeah, exactly. It's my seven wing, man. I'm just like a, I'm a little puppy and I just want to tell you, I just want to slobber all over you with this fun thing I've learned. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, so so I don't I don't have a. It does sound nice. I don't have a quantitative (laughs) metric of how bad it's gotten and how much I've slobbered on people, but I think qualitatively, (laughs) I've I've made some conversations uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, what name for six do you prefer? Sometimes I like to ask people this: like, do you have a preferred name? I'm fine with loyalist. I think I like loyalist. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there, there's an element about it where I don't think it covers everything, but it is, I think it's better than any alternative I've heard. Okay. What are the alternatives? Does anyone? I know? don't know. That's why I said that. The questioner, <laughs> the devil's advocate. Oh, I hate that. Um, oh, yeah. that's bad. Yeah. The, the loyal. Well, actually. <laughs> yeah. There, there are some names that just like flatten the personality right and that's definitely one of them yeah for sure 
Yeah, I like loyalist. I think the relationship to others is comes through in that. Um, but I feel like questioner oh, and guardian. loyalist are oh interesting. Guardian, I like the guardian. Yeah, I see that. I see that from like a parenting perspective. I am the I am the terrified parent. So yeah, okay, I like guardian. I can be converted yeah. to guardian. Okay, so there are a lot of different sixes. Let's explore. Um, <laughs> in theory, like I don't know, so like do, is is can we just talk about phobic and counterphobic real quick? Um, yeah, because can- I'm sure if you if you're listening and you're not sure what that means, th- the idea is like. Basically, there's a phobic six, which is like scaredy cat six, and there's counterphobic six, which is like flipping over tables six. <laughs> um, That's right. So first, Nick, do you feel like you're one or the other? Yeah, man. I think I am I am all the way over on the counterphobic end or pretty close. Okay. Flipping over and tables. I am I have flipped over a few tables in my day. Um you don't think like, so one of the things I've heard and it made sense to me in terms of some of the sixes I've known, and it actually makes it a little bit to me in your case is like that you can swing back and forth. It's kind of like wings. Yeah. Um, in that, that like, or, or, or stress levels or whatever. Like it's, it's a thing where you go into different modes depending on like where you yeah. are and how you feel. Well, I think most sixes wouldn't say that they're 100% of the time counterphobic or 100% of the time phobic. Like you can respond differently in different situations, but yeah. They- yeah. 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 I get that. I, I feel ahead. like with the, with the counterphobic, I like, I feel like it's almost a disposition. Like, and mm-hmm. I've, I've known a lot of sixes and I don't like very many of them. Like I've not met a ton of sixes where I'm like they're tight. I really like hanging out with them. They're cool. Hmm. Um, there are some. There are some. Um, Rich Jen is one of those. I really like Jen. Um, <laughs> what a relief. Yeah. Rich is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I just end up knowing a lot of sixes who are very. They just, they just kind of like they're like oatmeal. They're just kind of blah. Dang. You know, like oh, I know it sounds bad. I know it sounds bad, but they're just very. They're very in their system and world, and they're not like the most interesting people to talk to. And so mm-hmm. I think, and maybe maybe this is a wrong distinction because I, I think we can get into uh, how important subtypes are with sixes. Um, but hmm. there's something like I don't know a lot of counterphobic sixes. Like I, I just I haven't met a lot of them, and a lot mm-hmm. of the very the more phobic leaning sixes I've met, uh, they just. I don't know. I just do, they rub me the wrong way. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the safety consciousness. Cause I'm pretty safety conscious. I, but whatever it is, like I don't get along with sixes. I think a lot so of I people don't, know. don't don't love being around their own type. Like I yeah. feel like I feel like that's true. Of a hundred percent, and it, and it feels like a lot of types like there are actual good reasons for it. And I think one thing for sixes it feels to me like you wouldn't particularly enjoy being around strangers in general you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or people that you don't really like that you haven't like really connected with on a deep level and if those people happen to be sixes then you're gonna bump off them pretty hard yeah see maybe that's what it is i i tend to like people i I like 
people I don't know pretty well. I like small talk. I'm weird like that. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could, I could shoot the shit all day. Sorry, mm-hmm. shoot the breeze all day. Um, <laughs> like, like you know those, you know those really chatty old neighbors who will just talk to you whether you you are engaging or not. Those are my yes. favorite. They're yeah, like a movie. I like, like I literally, I just, <laughs> I just sit back and talk to them and like nod. Like it's just like a great way to kill half an hour. So I don't, I don't know. Hmm. It might be. It might just be the fact that maybe they are also reading the situation in the same way as me. And maybe there's just not room for both of us in a group to read the situation the same way. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe you just don't trust each other. There it is. There it is. I mean, I think we hate ourselves like as a general human rule, right? Like, Mm. yeah. um, Yes. Because I can see like some of the unhealthy qualities of other types and i'm like oh yeah like that's a little unhealthy six thing or an unhealthy three thing or whatever but when i see the unhealthy two things in other people i am disgusted (laughs) i am just like oh it's so (laughs) repulsive to me right yes because i just don't i don't want to see that in myself so i get that I also think, yeah. and I don't know where this comes from, but I feel like the type I understand the least and the type that I can just stereotype the least is the six. Like, I don't know necessarily what a typical six looks like. That's I know what because a typical there four, is you know? no typical six. They yeah, are all we're, so different. Yeah. We're everyone, insane. We are an insane says group. That. There are some things you guys have in common that I have noticed kind of across the board. And, and one of them is is authority is a big deal whether you hate it or love it mm-hmm. like authority mm-hmm. matters and and that that relationship to authority now i'm like acting like an expert <laughs> we're not experts hey, you i have can an correct Instagram you podcast. if you're wrong because i'm like half an expert right now <laughs> oh that's right i forgot you're almost yeah. ex- you're about to, yeah okay so um it's like if you love authority then you're phobic if you hate authority you're counterphobic and mm-hmm. nick mm-hmm. is definitely that second one um yeah the the other thing I've noticed is that pretty much all the sixes I know have a really hard time trusting themselves. Mm-hmm. And that can come mm-hmm. out in a lot of different ways. And Nick, I've talked to you a little bit about this, and I find it fascinating because I have yet to hear Nick uh, articulate a thought that he will attribute to himself confidently. What, what I've heard him do is attribute thoughts to Emerson and Wendell Berry and a million <laughs> other people like in order to make his point, which is not a criticism. It's just like an observation of like, what would it be like if Nick suddenly like, like trusted himself to have those ideas or thoughts? I think, it, I think I would be, I think I would be even more intense than I am now. Interesting. Like what do you I mean think by that? sometimes other people's other people's ideas censor me in a sense of so and maybe this is just a personal like intellectual thing. Like I I have plenty of unique thoughts. I I, I tend to think ideas come to you and 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 uh you know maybe they're not necessarily unique to you. Um maybe mm-hmm. there's something going on beyond uh, you know, I, I like Young's idea of collective unconscious. I don't know how if I'm orthodox theologically allowed to say that but like and and the idea that there are these ideas that exist in the world that are good and sometimes we get really unique versions of them for ourselves because i like this is a total michael scott quote but like 
is sometimes I say stuff and I don't like, I don't know where I'm going. It's not like I'm necessarily like have spent a lot of time articulating this idea and, and have documents for it. But I, I tend to trust. Yeah, I guess it is like, I trust my ideas when I can see them at least dimly echoed or com- combined elsewhere. I really love to pull mm. things from weird places. Like I love mm. the connection between like popular culture and art history and uh, politics and art movements. And, um, you know, I, I think rock and roll as an idea is super old. So I have like all these weird theories, but like I like to root them in things that other people are saying almost as like, hey, look, I'm not crazy. Because sometimes I feel like I'd say yeah. like really crazy stuff. And like re- I, I kind of live in this sort of heady place a lot of times. And um, this is just like, confirming for me you're phobic and counterphobic almost at the oh, same time all the time because because it is the counterphobic that makes you want to say crazy things that upend everything but you do mm-hmm. not feel you can do it without an authority at your back right yeah, yeah. like or it, it, the appeal authority to authority in a sense, is so huge for you it feels yeah. like well and it's but it's weird where that authority comes from because the authority it's almost like i'm giving the authority to the idea like i'm saying yes look at these other things that are saying it, even if they're coming from crazy or weird or esoteric places to be like, look there, you're seeing something here and here and here. I can't be crazy. Like it's almost like I have to cite my sources before I say crazy things. Yeah. Is it because like, are you afraid of someone saying like, why would you think that? Like, what are you talking (laughs) about? Like questioning you and not being able to back yourself up. I am deeply terrified of that. I I think I am. I am terrified of being like, I, I don't know if it's that. I think being like what you were saying makes no sense and mm-hmm. and has no validity. And so yeah. I want to be like, no, no, no. I know this sounds crazy in this context, but look at everything around it so you can see where I'm going. It almost like your fear sounds five-ish a little bit, mm-hmm. like being mm-hmm. wrong essentially, essentially but there's some six in there like of being I, without support. Well, I think you know? it's about being questioned. See mm. here I'm speaking for you. <laughs> but because I know that sixes are like afraid of being blamed and I don't know if that would connect to it, but being questioned and not being able to like stand up mm-hmm. to it or support yourself. I have a – we'll confess this on air, which is fun. I have a Yay. horrifying fear of being socially excommunicated by different groups I'm a part of by saying something that, oh. like, goes against them. So I I tend to, I tend to hedge Like getting things. canceled? I mean, when I was talking about Young in the Collective Unconscious, I made a caveat. Like, oh, well, it's I know it's not theologically da-da-da. So yeah, yeah. I do that. I do that a lot. And it's not just for like Christian circles or whatever, which I'm 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 pretty deep into and a lot of them like just have a lot of relationships and connections and work and um and and love those people and feel very much a part of their world. But I also like to kind of think and explore things, but I'm always afraid that I'm gonna say something that's gonna like set off a mine and hmm. people aren't gonna like it. And I've had I've had times when I've done that in smaller like circles and uh so I'm super terrified of doing that. So I try to hedge a lot of things. I almost feel like I am the, the, the this fear boils down to I'm basically afraid to get ratioed. <laughs> yeah, see, like getting canceled. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think maybe what's at the core of that is like 
afraid of losing your support from other people. Mm -hmm. Like sixes are so, they have such a deep need to be supported by others. And so if you say something that alienates you from them, like you may lose some of your support system or something. Exactly. And a lot of it is super irrational and the sense that, you know, people aren't just going to abandon you because you say something that's weird. And, you know, mm-hmm. but but it's totally like in my my DNA to be afraid of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I, it's just in my in the way I'm I'm wired. I, I just am always thinking about that. And I'm always thinking about like, OK, what would this how does this fit yeah. in here? Because I kind of float when it comes to a lot of like groups like I don't. I'm not like tried and true. You know, I don't have like, you know, something in my Twitter bio that, you know, affiliates me with some large tribe or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm kind of just float and do my thing. And um, I'm always afraid that I'm like, I'm going to step on some toe. Not that I'm, you know, manipulating everyone in my life, but like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I need to look at what your Twitter bio is. I run in broad circles. Almost competent <laughs> gardener. <laughs> So, uh, Nick, where, uh, how can you describe to us like wh- where you go as a six in stress or what it looks like when you're in stress? Oh, man. Okay. So, I sixes obviously go to three in, in distress. Mm-hmm. And I go so. Is that obvious? Obviously. Sorry. I guess it's not obvious if you're not like into the Enneagram, but it's just. It's it's where we go. It's it's like the, I guess I just the, meant for you. Is it like is it oh like, yeah yeah? It's super obvious. Um, yeah. So when, especially looking back, like in hindsight, I um, the way it lo- turns out for me is I just I start working really hard. Like I just mm-hmm. I get really 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 intense, um, and just never feel like I'm doing enough. Get really really like focused on a particular goal. Uh, kind of single-minded. I get kind of vain. I get kind of ego-y. Like my, my ego mm. gets r- really inflated. And uh, you which know, raises last, the stakes. Which does raise the stakes. And so yeah. I I perform actually pretty well under stress. And so it's actually kind of funny. I, I've joked with, with my wife and people at work. I'm like, I can't get too healthy because then I really go into my nine. I start gardening and like taking afternoons <laughs> off and meditating. Like I can't, I can't do that too well, much. Those aren't when you're bad things though. No, I know. It's just, it's just like the joke of like, Hey, sometimes you gotta, you gotta be on. No, but I he like, yeah, a lot last of time, days off Bethany. <laughs> I, who do I do? You. Yeah, I'm joking. It's a joke. Oh, I, 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 I take it easy. I, I'm, I self-police pretty good. Like I don't let myself go too crazy. Um, cause I don't, I don't value like hustle culture. Like I'm not a mm-hmm. work 65 hours a week kind of guy. I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to put in 40 good ones and then I'm going to go do things I like to do. And I'm going to work yeah. hard. These times of stress when you're it. working hard, are you in stress about work or do you sometimes work hard in response to other stressful things that have nothing to do with that? It's, it's real. It's work is where the outlet usually goes because it's really easy for me to control. Like, I feel hmm. like I'm good at I'm good at knowledge work. I, I work on a computer most of the day and with people, and I feel like I have a semblance of control over it. And so when I am when I'm in stress, I just I just try and crank out as much stuff. The last time I was in like a really horrible place was like three years ago, and mm-hmm. three and a half years ago, maybe four. 
had moved back from Chicagoland and hated it and was just was just in a bad place emotionally and mentally. And I was working full time and helping to start a business. And so and and also had like one year old twins. So I just <laughs> I was working like 80 hours a week. <sighs> And yeah. it was just like, it was just my response to the unhealth. And so as I've gotten, mm. ha- come to a healthier understanding of myself, which I think is more like, not like a, a roller coaster of, oh, now it's better. But like, you know, as I've grown and um, learned more about myself and, and grounded myself in certain things, you know, I don't do that as much. So I'm like, look, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be the guy who is is pulling 60, 70 hour weeks again. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I do, I do find myself like I find my ego, I get a little bit more materialistic. Like I always know I'm in a bad place when I start shopping for Yeezys or like, <laughs> like seriously, like I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cartoon of a human being. Like I just, I look, I end up like looking for bougie shoes and like being kind of vain. And so, so yeah, I, I totally, I devolve into a three when I am, when I'm not doing well. And most of the time it's like very internal or like coping with grief. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so we've had a few, you know, griefs and I'll find myself even when I'm in a healthy state, like, which I think it's probably healthy that I notice it more than like a year in hindsight, but um, I'll find myself. I'm just like, I'm just going to go back to work. I'm just going to bang it out. Let's go. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, yeah, that's probably my three. That's probably my three coming out, which I think can be good. You know, I, I think, yeah, it can help you. Yeah. The, the, Do you the, feel the, like that can lead to burnout though? Like I'm it's interesting to me because I'm wondering do you end up on this weird burnout sort of like cycle where you have a grief, you work in response, you burn out, you work in response. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it, it can obviously. I mean, I think it it kind of has and in different seasons. I think right now like like I don't, I don't think going to. St- I think going to stress at times can be good. Like I think there are, there yes. are positive things of going to stress. And yeah, when I'm in an overall holistically better place, those times when I go to stress, actually, I become kind of useful to people. Like mm-hmm. where some, where other every, other people are responding by just sort of deflating, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, guys, we got to go. We got to we got to do this thing. Let's get let's get through it. I you know, and you can kind of yeah. temp temper it a little bit. I think that's that's when it's the best version of it. But no, it, it definitely like if it can go unchecked, it can lead to lead to cycles of stress and um, more anxiety, which is great for a six. <laughs> yeah, right. it's just what they need. Yeah. So you, you when you're healthy, though, you go or in health, you go to nine, right? Oh, yeah. We had a show with your Enneagram coach. Beth McCord. Beth, I used to work. I used to work with her. Really, Beth McCord. Mm-hmm. We worked That's at a awesome. ministry in Bloomington, Illinois, before she moved to Nashville. Yeah, she's a homie. She's wow. great. Wow. Now cool. she's famous. Now she's famous. She's famous. <laughs> she has this. It's not really a theory. It's just a reality. I think um, mm-hmm. about like blind spots, and she basically says like sometimes we can go to health, but it's not healthy. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the and she I calls those blind spots. I wouldn't use. I don't like the words health. Yeah, like, I know. I just unhealth. can't remember it's, the alternative. It's security. Security and security stress, right? Security or, mm. yeah. Okay, right. So you go to security, and but in a not healthy way. Yeah, uh, like you're feeling, you're feeling secure, but you're not putting in like the extra effort to grow. So you go mm-hmm. to, to the low side of your 
security right. number. It's not so like you're automatically like? healthy. Yeah. What does that look like for you, Nick? I don't know. I've never I've never self-evaluated the negative side of the nine for me. The nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's there. I, I It's probably I can just I can be a little I talk a big game on conflict sometimes. I feel like I have that that <laughs> counterphobic six thing where I just like mm-hmm. come across as slightly intimidating. But when mm-hmm. the rubber meets the road, like I, I don't enjoy conflict. So I think I've let some things go that maybe I shouldn't let go. Um, sure. So I could definitely see that. I def- I also have a lazy streak. I definitely have a lazy streak. And, I, and nines kind of famously have that sort of potential mm-hmm. to just kind of like come across as lazy. And so it yeah. manifests itself a little sneakier than a normal nine. Like I, you know, and I don't ever like let myself be perceived as lazy, but I can definitely just be a lazy bastard sometimes. And like, <laughs> and just like put up these, put up these smoke and mirrors of like, yeah, I'm working on, I'm working really hard, but really I'm just like dicking around on Twitter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's just the anxiety of, of, of panic scrolling, but yeah, I've never really thought about that. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of just, I'm riffing on the spot right now. Cause usually I think of the nine is like, that's when I'm feeling that 90, I'm like, oh yeah, man, it's, this is all coming together. Yeah. So in health, I mean, in security, you become sneaky nine. Mm, Yeah, become sneaky nine or just like like or like lazy nine. Like just like, eh, yeah, okay, You know, cool. That sounds right. Yeah, because there's both sides of both both of our arrows that we go to. So our stress number, like you can go to the unhealthy side, which I definitely have done and do. But the the challenge is to like go to the healthy the healthier parts of your stress number cuz it can really help you and it can be not a negative thing at all. Mhm. Yeah, it, the competitiveness of the 3 I feel like can be a real positive for me. Like cuz I'm I'm not by nature a super competitive person. And so when I get competitive, it's usually like okay, like this is a this is a good thing to be like driving towards and it kind of gives you a little bit of a purpose makes the day go by fast you know what i mean so so yeah i definitely there i like i've seen a lot even in this pandemic i've seen a good amount of hmm. my good three coming out at times i've seen my bad three yeah. coming out for sure but i've seen my good three coming out a good amount do you guys feel like you're all because i'm having this experience and i'm curious if you guys are do you guys feel like you're wildly swinging between security and stress like during the (laughs) coronavirus days yes absolutely yeah me too yeah because i basically just get i get really mad and frustrated and (laughs) angry those are three words all expressing pretty much the same thing um and impatient when i am first like feeling stress and then Mm -hmm. but when i'm going like to security or let's say to the low side of four, I'm just like really like in my feelings and like sad and, and expressing it to others. Like I'm not holding it in. I'm letting everyone know how emo I am. And I, yeah, yeah I'm doing that like weekly pretty much. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely swing like from the like, all right, I'm just going to like, I'm going to work like a maniac. I remember at the beginning of this 
when you know everything was really uncertain you remember like that like mid-march where you're like what is going to happen with the planet you know oh that was and the uh-huh. worst that was the worst i remember just <laughs> it being was like, really right. bad i was like bat down the hatches let's like make sure we have enough meat in our freezer like i'm gonna i'm gonna work six full crazy long days at work just to make sure that our clients know that we're still here and we're retaining business and you know and like I just like started bailing water before I even had to, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was just my natural response. And I just sort of, and it was probably like into April before I even like came up for air and was like, oh, and I just like deflated. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most like acute stress that I felt was like mid March when like shit was really hitting the fan and just nobody knew what was going to happen. I I don't have anxiety all the time, but I had anxiety like a nine out of 10 for hmm. like just yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah. It was rough. That. Yeah. Until I get that. But, but then on the other hand, I've like, I've had some of the best like meditating praying peace times like i've had some like just gone hiking a lot you know i've i've been pretty pretty regular on yoga like i've been Mm -hmm. i've been in these sort of like kind of vibey places and i really like but then i'll go back and forth and be like ah what the hell what am i doing what am i doing and it's usually like (laughs) faithfully faithfully at like nine o'clock at night every night i'm like ah you know but then you know the whole day i'm like like the whole day I'm like, I'm Rizza, man, I'm Zen. And then I like <laughs> panic eat like a pint of ice cream and watch garbage TV till <laughs> midnight and stay up too oh, late. Oh man. Oh yeah. So much garbage TV. I do and that. food. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have an idea. I think yeah. I might we might be in the same place. Yeah. Um Nick, we wanna speaking of uh of giant pandemics. Um mm-hmm world-changing pandemics we want to play a little game with you this is called uh it freaked me out or i totally saw it coming uh (laughs) because those seem to be the the two ways that sixes like react to completely shocking events oh yeah um and so i'm gonna sort i have a list here of about five maybe six big world shifting or at least country shifting moments that I think you might've been alive for though. I'm pretty old and sometimes misjudge these things. Um, <laughs> uh, our audience probably wasn't alive for some of these, who knows? But uh, yeah, I want to, I want you to tell me if you completely, if you completely freaked out when you found out about it or realized it was happening, or if you were completely ready for it and saw it coming. Okay. All right, let's go. All right, and because this is just the nature of the last century, they're going to go from bad to worse. (laughs) (laughs) Just a slow build to terrible things. All right. Um, First one is the Supreme Court decides the 2000 election. I was nine. Answer the so, question, Nick. So you definitely saw it coming. <laughs> so I, pre- you freak I, uh, the f out. I, I was nine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pure neutral on that one. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm so like, you didn't I, care when you were nine? You weren't like freak. You weren't like, what does it mean? No, I Michael remember Moore being, says. I remember being bummed because I was I was from a family of Democrats and we were all mm. bummed, but I didn't really understand it at the time. I mean, I understood okay. it. I was interested, but like I didn't understand it, you know. Got it. So the next one was maybe a year later. You probably know it's coming. 9-11. Uh, I, Freaked out or I saw was, it coming? I was 10 and I did not see that coming. No one saw that coming. Are you telling me that no six ever sat in an airplane and didn't think someone could just grab this thing and drive okay. it wherever they wanted? Listen, yeah. if, I was, if I was 25 or 28 or whatever in 2001 and I mm-hmm. traveled a lot like I do now, well, not now, in the last few months, but I would totally be like, the security isn't good around here. No way. No way. This isn't good. Something bad's going to happen. Um, even if it Lock- had never happened before, even if it was unprecedented. Well, it wouldn't have been unprecedented because of Lockerbie. I mean, come on. It's Lockerbie. Lockerbie. So, it was I don't know what, it, anyway, another hijacking. What, um, what are you saying? There's a, hij- <laughs> there a hijacking in the late 70s that was it was a big deal. Johnny Rotten oh, almost got on that gosh, plane. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so no, yeah, okay. absolutely. I would have no, seen that. You. I would have seen that shit coming. Come on. Yeah. But, but I didn't because yeah. I was 10. You know. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah. the next one is, uh, let's see, seven years later, the Great Recession. Another one where I was, I was just like a dumb football playing kid. But <laughs> so I guess it surprised me. Yeah, we should have. Focused on more current events. <laughs> no, yeah, but I feel like dude, we're having I'm, some good discussion about it. No, yeah, it's I'm good. Just showing, I, it's just amazing how much I'm showing my age right now. Like right. I was yeah, really <laughs> conscious through Look, all of if, these things. If I was, if I was, uh, if I was into the things I'm into right now. So if, like, again, if I had just been me, but seven years ago, I would be very surprised if I didn't see it coming. Um, Nassim Taleb, who's one of my favorite authors thinkers wrote a book called the black swan in 2007 where he basically is like one right. of these is like look the, the the economy is is completely unhinged like it is things are being traded on, on not on market values you have all these junk bonds like things are gonna go bad and mm-hmm. so they're all if you look at it it looks like i'm like well duh but then again you know hindsight's always 2020 20, so maybe it would have surprised me so but i'll go surprised because i was 17 Okay, so right. before I skip ahead eight years, is there anything I'm missing? I feel like, did we really have eight years of relative nothing happening? Can I tell you I what? I was even I younger you? than both of you, so I don't know. <laughs> can, I tell you, can I tell you what shook me? Maybe you're going maybe you're gonna to say it, but you know what really shook me? Tom Petty yeah, go for dying. It. Really? Oh. That was shook. Shook. You weren't, you didn't see that I coming? I mean, everyone no, dies man. eventually. <laughs> No, but it was it was like Kobe, man. Like Petty, How old like was those he like those when ones. He, died? he was pretty old. Petty was <laughs> in his fifties. He had he performed like three days before. Okay, yeah, that's okay. that is surprising. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a hard one for me. But um, okay, anyway, all right. Continue. Well, two thousand sixteen, Trump wins. Took me totally took me by surprise. I was oh. I went to bed I went to bed early on election night. Like I yes. was just like, I think I just didn't want to deal with it. Like I didn't want yeah. to mentally yeah. go there. And so I'm yeah. like, all the polls are great. Hillary's fine. Everything's cool. I'm going to go to bed because I know it's going to be stressful if I watch it. I'll get up in the morning. Everything will be fine. And you everything had was no fine. idea how stressful. And then how did your, how did your sixth self react to that? News? Oh, I was, I was 
horrible. I went on a run that morning and I took someone's uh-huh. Trump sign and threw it in the road. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I was I wore I wore a black suit oh, to work. Man. I was working at I State Farm at the time in marketing. Too. I wore I wore all black. I wore a black tie, black jacket, black shirt, black like I was like I don't it was so dramatic and I never do things that are like that ridiculously dramatic but I was just I was I and I was still thinking I'm like there's a chance that somebody somebody's going to pull the plug the the grown-ups are going to come in and make this not happen. Mm. And they they didn't. Right. So right. Honestly yeah. inaugura- inauguration day might have been harder than election day for me. Yes. It was kind of rough. That. Only well, anyway, <laughs> I cried at my desk at work. Oh, oh, brutal. Man, I just love this vision of like the the feudal gesture of like yeah. something has to be done. I'm going to throw this sign into the That's road. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, the next one is the coronavirus. I saw it coming. You did. Yeah, I- I pulled all my money out of the stock market in late February. Did you literally? Yeah. Wow. Yep. yep. I saw it coming. Oh my I gosh. was I was I saw it coming. And by it, I mean I don't think I got this. Obviously, I didn't get the like the dates and the scenarios right. But I remember thinking at like this time last year, the market can't hold. Like It's fully unsustainable. We are not prepared for a a, a negative event. Like our institutions are not competent enough to handle whether it was like. So you saw the economic impact coming. You didn't necessarily know what it would be. Well, I saw a black swan. So I saw it as like if something something unpredictable and uncontrollable happens, we are Mm -hmm. so screwed. And when the reports of coronavirus came in. So it was I flew to Mexico february 10th and it was the day they had just that day i think they made the travel ban or i think Mm. it was the ninth but to china and i remember when we were in mexico talking to my wife and being like this is bad like this is gonna this is gonna destroy the economy like this is gonna like people are not prepared for this and i'm like i'm getting my money out of the market it's already disrupting the supply chain i was really nervous about the food supply chain just because of some Mm some structural things that are, you know, the, the way the agriculture works right now is the way it's heavily subsidized. Um, most of the breadbasket area is not being used for bread. It's being used for commodities, which relies on trade. And so I saw this thing coming out of China and I'm like, there's no way <laughs> that we're going to get out of this unscathed. So I pulled all my money out. That yeah, is and, so and... crazy. I'm honestly impressed. <laughs> yeah. like, so I this would... is a great illustration of like the most important truth about sixes, which is that, they're not afraid. They're willing to go there, right? In their mind. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're I was like not brave enough to, to actually. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's too exhausting for me and Bethany to like think about that stuff and its implications. Yeah. And so we I don't do it until I literally did not think about the economic impacts until weeks after everything awesome. was, I was going on. I actually, I actually made a little bit of it. money goofing around on like between March 9th through the 12th when the stock market collapsed, I shorted it a bunch. And I was like, oh yeah, this is going to keep going down. You monster. And yeah, <laughs> I totally, I pulled I pulled a big short with like 200 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like I yeah. didn't become a millionaire off it. But no, I was like, I was thinking about it. And, and I remember thinking like, and, and a lot of, 
a lot of useful groups of the company that um, I'm chief creative officer and, and helped start. A lot of what we do is a lot of our philosophy has been like being resilient to stresses, making sure you have diversified income, um, that you're operating on cash flow. I was getting really nerdy. I'm sorry. But like, so like all of that stuff that <laughs> seemed like really, <laughs> sorry, all that stuff that seemed really silly in like January was stuff that like was being like, okay, like we have cash reserves to make sure we pay everybody for this amount of time. It was like a very like comfortable amount of time for what they were saying with the pandemic. And I remember being like, woof. And and thankfully our business didn't mm. collapse. I mean, it, it kind of grew because of everybody sort of turned to the internet in a way that only intense internet people had been turning to it. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I was really thankful and we were totally lucky and it wasn't, it wasn't anything we did, but I think the way we planned for bad events and the way I, my brain kind of worked on that stuff. Like, I think it really helped and it, it helped me. Yeah, like sure. I, I was, I was relatively calm throughout those first, I mean, it was terrifying, but I, I was so busy with just making sure we had everything we need work, doing work stuff, personal stuff that I was just like, I was just in my zone. I felt like it was like there was an emergency and I was, people were listening to me and I was like, all right, I'm going to do what I can. We're going to make it happen. Everything's going to be okay. And yeah. So that was like, that was kind of my, my most sixty six moment was hmm. the start of That's the pandemic. Great. That is why we yeah. need sixes. Honestly, <laughs> for, yeah, for and that was, I, we need them. I will say like, as a, I had a front row seat to that and I feel like it was a little bit like Nick's moment in that, at that time, like Nick, Nick, uh, Nick was ready and and had ideas and imp- and ways of implementing them that like went beyond just like we're going to be OK and went into like taking care of other people. So like um, we like at Useful Group, we launched this thing called what's it called? Float me dot com, yeah. which is mm-hmm. for Illinois people. If anyone's in Illinois and like needs help with getting groceries it's basically that like if you want to help someone or you need help it's just a way of connecting people um and it's this really like simple idea that we were able to like whip up really quickly because i think nick nick's brain just like lives in those spaces you know yeah it almost didn't feel real like i was almost kind of surprised people were listening to me Cause, mm-hmm. cause I'm all like, I'm always talking about like, well, you know, this things could happen in the supply chain and you need to actually look at sustainable agriculture because it's not just a fad. It's like, you know, yada, yada, yada. But then like mm-hmm. something bad happens and people are like, oh, what's that guy who's always talking about like protecting things saying? <laughs> well, it's so interesting cause you, you do talk in extremes, Nick. And I do, I do. All of a sudden something really extreme happened mm-hmm. and it's like suddenly your words fit the situation. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In a way that they don't always, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'm intense. Uh, I totally get that. I am, I am a super (laughs) intense person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Bethany, you want to do the next one? Yeah. Okay. So this, now we're moving into the, to the hypothetical. Um, This hasn't happened, but depending on who you ask, maybe it has. So aliens first land on earth. What do you do? Did you see it coming? Do you freak out? Do you believe it? That's a great one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I believe it. And I think I panic. I mean, not panic in a like head for the hills, but like I 
I get nervous because I know that the people who are going to be talking to those aliens in an official capacity are idiots. And mm. so I'm very nervous about uh. what's going to happen. And I don't think they're going to like it. And if they have, you know, all of the advanced military capacity that, you know, I assume they would because they got to Earth unless they're from like Jupiter or something. And that's not that far. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm freaking out. I'm heading for the hills, man. I'm I'm getting a bunker. Um, <laughs> what if they're nice though? They oh no, I'm not nice. gonna I'm not gonna pro- I'm not going to proactively attack. I'm gonna be super friendly, but I'm I'm very scared. No, I'm saying why are you scared if they're nice? Well, you don't know if they're nice until they prove that they're nice. So you, I like I'm not going to in, attack. Like I think humans have this instinct where they they shoot first, ask questions later. I think it's right. a terrible instinct right. yeah. because that that almost guarantees conflict where my thing yeah. is like, let's figure out the situation, but I'm planning for this. So a term I use a lot in just personal conversations is fat tails. So what a fat tail is, is when it is so inappropriate, by the way. I can't <laughs> okay. No, that's fat bottom. That's queen. Um, oh, my God. Essentially what it is, is when a situation has a nonlinear curve like of of a downside. So it's like you have an upside and a downside to something. And if the downside can potentially realistically be really effing bad versus the good side, which is only okay. So think of this as like getting a really big car loan. And the upside is you get a really cool car. The nonlinear curve is you could be stuck, you know, if it's a seven-year loan with a car that is a terrible junker by that point and or you have to trade it in and you're you're underwater in debt etc so i feel like aliens landing on earth has a really fat tail of negative potential so i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna wait until it's confirmed and i know that i'm not reacting first but after that i'm gonna run and hide like a baby okay. i love that i love that answer so the 2020 election hmm. what are you preparing for Four more years. I, mean, <laughs> I seriously, I'm yeah. preparing for like, like he wins and four more years, or like yeah, no, he, he loses. No, he win- I'm. I think I think the most realistic situation is he wins, um, because the Democrats seem to be throwing the election again, um, and so I'm I'm really I'm really scared for for that. I, now I'm I'm not a I'm not a a panicky. I don't think that if Biden wins, he's gonna like refuse to vanquish power like i really don't see, don't see it that going happening. that way yeah what you yeah yeah i'm just asking you don't see that happening no i don't like i think and and this is this is maybe something i really like love about america um i really do think that even with somebody like if trump had no checks and balances if he had if he had no limit to the competency that he could do he would be he would be a tyrant he would be um Irgodan in in uh turkey and sure. yeah and but but he, but there are these checks on power that in a lot of places come because of the incompetence like certain things just can't move fast enough for that to happen mm-hmm. i really believe mm-hmm. and <clears throat> And so I, I do think that, and because of, of the ideals of America, I, I really do think that people would say that's that's not acceptable, and the system yeah. itself would spit it out. Now, I tend to not like or trust institutions um, 
much at all. But I do think here <laughs> is something where having a slow moving institution that is almost built to fight each other actually comes in handy. Like nobody can mm-hmm. do too much damage. It also means you yeah. can't do too much good, but it also means you can't do too much damage. Sure. Interesting. Um, our last segment is called Life Advice. Oh, Nick, this yeah. is where we uh, deign to give you life advice from the lens of the Enneagram. I love Because we're not experts, but we are obsessed. So oh, what is something you need life advice on? Um, and then we're going to help you. That's Maybe good. like you want to know which of your workers needs a raise or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no sorry i don't do raises except for myself um let's see. <laughs> okay. um i all right i have one that's actually kind of serious so you guys are gonna get to go in on me a little bit yay i i am you know we have burn after listening coming out um i'm working on a few other projects that would would have me having a more public voice and i'm really scared to put myself out there on mm. media in public. Yeah. What would you say to me with that? Yeah. I get that. I feel that when we started this mm. podcast, I was like getting more followers and stuff on like Twitter and for a while I got so scared all I tweeted about was the Enneagram because I was like this is what people are following me for. I'm so scared. <laughs> to say anything else they're gonna hate me bethany and i remember like you were you had a phase where you were just like totally freaking out about how yeah. popular the podcast oh was. i was yeah i really was um yeah i don't know i feel like for me it just like took time it took time to get used to just all of the fame and the popularity that I now experience <laughs> on a daily basis. People coming um, up to you on the street. People like, take are you it, like the... the paparazzi following yeah. me. Can't go yeah. anywhere. It's tough. I know. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't So that's know. our advice. So what do I, so what do, I do? <laughs> um... um I think you just know, be yourself. That's my I advice. I was going to say that, like, in all seriousness. <laughs> yep, yep. Be yourself. It, because, yeah, because you're eventually, hopefully, going to end up doing that anyway. So why even waste time, like, holding uh, that Nick, back? I think, I, I don't know if this is contradictory advice or not, but I think um, what I would say is, like, um, is really like when you're doing the things that are going to be public just make that an exercise in trusting yourself don't allow yourself to question mm-hmm. anything mm. um and like make that the space if there's no other space that you're trusting yourself that's got to be the one um on, and and this is where it might contradict try not to try not to talk in extremes because <sighs> i think it I think it hides what you're really trying to say. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I think sixes oftentimes will over. <laughs> I think sixes. I think sixes will overstate their case sometimes, either understate or overstate. But 
it's like they're it's definitely like they're being genuine it's their genuine authentic way of communicating but it's not mm-hmm. the truest way of communicating it's not like communicating the true the truth that yeah. they're trying to get across you're yeah. totally right i think you know what i think it boils down to and maybe this is self advice but i think because i don't trust myself i have to go extreme to feel like i'm saying something that will even register mm-hmm. when when it'll mm-hmm. register if it's more mild. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Definitely. That's good. I like that. That's, that's really yeah. good advice, you guys. And I've hey. edited a few episodes of of your podcast that's coming, and I feel like you're you're doing a pretty good job at that. I feel like. Oh, thanks, bud. I feel like you're you're getting there. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna do that. So, awesome. <laughs> that feels really good. I'm like Yay. really. I'm really. I'm really riding high on this right now, you guys. This is good. I love it. Yay. It's great. This is fun. Okay. It's like therapy. We... This has been No Chill Anywhere. It is hosted and produced by me, Richard Clark, and Bethany Perkins. Theme music is 80s disco pop by Cinematic Alex. Our amazing logo and most of our awesome Instagram illustrations are by Matt Metcalf. If you're highly integrated, consider supporting our Patreon. You have the bandwidth, and we think you'll love all of our extra bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash nochillpodcast to join. If you're moderately integrated, hang in there. You got this. Just leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and then tell your friends about us so others can join you on your Enneagram journey. If you're not integrated at all, we're sorry. You're probably that way because of all the time you spend on social media. So just follow us on Instagram at NoChillEnneagram or Twitter at NoChillEnneapod. This is an area code podcast.